Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Cal Football is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Northern California, and is available on all major platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, you name it. Believe in Cal Football is also brought to you by OS Day Bar, Cafe, and Rooftop, located downtown Oakland, and the QL Gaming Group. Check out their betting boards at betql.co. Hey, what is happening, Bay Area? And welcome back to Believe in Cal Football, the Golden Bear Necessities, on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network in the Bay Area, bringing you all the latest news and all the hottest sports here in Northern California. As usual... I'm GPS, and I'm with my guy, Kevin Riley. Kevin, how you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Excited to see Pac-12 football about to start, and also Big Ten starting this weekend. Exciting times. That's right. We finally got the news we've been looking for. We as Pac-12 and as Cal fans have the blessing of having a season, and yeah, we are extremely excited about that, and I know you are more than anyone. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's great to see. They set up the schedule. A lot of talk about this week. Uh, very excited. Right. And we're going to go hit it. Full steam. But before all that, since the N- the NCAA football season and the NFL season is in full swing, you might not be at the games this year, but you can still be in the action at betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So when you get the time, head on over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet against the Jets, everybody. They are terrible. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty safe bet to go with, you know, and I don't like to call anything a lock these days and not saying I've done time behind bars, but I just don't like to call anything a lock. But my friend, that may be a lock betting against the Jets. That is a lock so far. We'll see. They got the Rams coming up here. Actually got a bye week and then the Rams, but I'm going to take the Rams. Yeah, the Rams have shown a lot of positive signs this year, but then again, they are coming off that loss up in Santa Clara. So we'll see what we'll get out of them this week. But yeah, yeah. I think I'm leaning your way as well with that one. All right now, let's kick off to what we really came here to talk about this evening. The Pac-12, California, Berkeley, Golden Bear football. We're going to have it. The official Pac-12 season starts November 6th. There will be no fans at any of the games this year, but really at that point, I feel like that doesn't even matter. At least we're going to have a season, right, Kev? Yeah, I, I don't think it matters. Um, you know, it will matter for some teams in the Pac-12 for their home field advantage. I think in terms of games, but like the sports world nowadays, and watching all the games with no fans so far, I think people are just ready for sports to watch it. Right, and I think we can both agree it's it's better to have sports with no fans than to have no sports at all. 100%. So as the specifics of the schedule have come out, for everybody in the Pac-12, it's going to be a seven-game conference schedule. So each school is going to play every team's in their side of the division, north or south, and then one interdivisional game. With Cal, it looks like we drew Arizona State, as most people have seen now. Yeah, I mean, I think we could have picked an easier game, but we match up well with Arizona State. And last year, I think if uh, we had Chase playing, we win that game, and uh, we'll get a little redemption this year. Yeah, it's going to be exciting, especially knowing that we're going to have to go down there to Tempe and see, our, of course, our old friend Herm Edwards. Yeah, always always fun to see the Cal matchup at another school. And, 
you know, it's going to be fun for the kids uh, that haven't played down there. Sun Devil Stadium is a really cool stadium, even if empty. a lot of, you know, old NFL team there. It's a cool place to play. Absolutely. So it says the conference championship for the Pac-12 will be slated to be played December 18th and in time for the college football playoff selection. So definitely great news there. Definitely. Um, it's just gonna it's just gonna be interesting you know it's such a weird year big 10 coming in and then us coming in with this amount of games so we'll just see how like after i bet you the first couple games we'll see how things are going to look because i still don't think anybody knows sure it's definitely pretty ambiguous at this point but i know we're all excited to see i think ultimately a lot of the factors that deterred the pac-12 into having a season after being adamant about not having a season Definitely the availability of the daily testing from Quidel Corporation, I feel like, was a big, big step to get through. And, you know, let's not kid ourselves. I definitely think the pressure from the other Power Five conferences, especially the Big Twelve, uh, Big Ten starting up, definitely influenced as well. Definitely influenced it. Um, and I think you just look at the financial situation for all the universities as well. Football is – and a TV contract is very much needed for all the universities. Definitely agree with you there. College football is big business, but that's no secret. So why don't we just take a step through the seven-game schedule for California-Berkeley. So we, although the Pac-12 schedule starts on Friday, November 6th, we'll start Saturday, November 7th, and we will host the Huskies. UW comes to town. Yeah, we've had their number. I mean, I think, you know, every game has been an ugly win, but it's a win. Washington struggled against us, and it'll be a good matchup. I think their defense came on strong at the end of last year, and that's going to be the strength of their team as it has been for a while. Um, offensively, I don't think they know who their quarterback is. It might be Chase and brother. I heard he's in competition, but that's right. Uh, they will be, uh, they'll be one of the top teams. I think it's uh, them, Oregon and us for the top three in the, in the North. So, yeah, I see it that way as well. And it seems uh, it's pretty widely speculated that it looks like those may be the three front runners early, but, a lot's going to happen. That is an interesting storyline. It could be a Garbers on Garbers uh, opening game there. We'll have to stay a little bit more in tune to that to see if that's what we'll get. Mm-hmm. We'll have week two is when we'll hit the road for the first time. As we just mentioned, we'll have our interdivisional game. We'll hit the road. We'll head to Tempe. We've got Arizona State there. Another big game. Arizona State, I think, is supposed to be one of the top three teams in the South, and they return that quarterback who impressed his freshman year. So we'll – if he is a grown as a player, it's definitely going to be a tough game. Yeah, I feel like there's always a lot of talent going through Arizona State. Even in their down years, they seem to have primetime players. As we mentioned, Herm Edwards is running a great program up there. Definitely seeing them going in the right direction. We're not worried about them, though. Week three, we're going to head up to Corvallis, up to Oregon, and we'll have the Beavers, Oregon State. Yeah, going into this game 2-0 and after two good-fought games, I think, You'd expect Oregon State to take another leap like they did last year. Um, I think they're going to be about the same, though. Uh, I love Jonathan Smith as a coach. I think he's the, probably the top offense play caller in the league last year. And um, their defense is supposed to be better. But Luton, or Jake Ludden, I think his name was, their quarterback last year, was a very good player. I think he's one of the top quarterbacks in the conference. And him leaving, I think, is going to hurt them more than people think. Yeah, I think so. And definitely his ability to make throws all over the field is uh... – something they will surely miss. So after Oregon State, we move on to week four, and we will have the big game on Friday, November 27th. It'll be nationally televised. We get the Cardinal, but at Memorial Stadium in Berkeley. Yeah, just mark that as a win. I've heard we'll lose that game. So Consider it marked. Get, it, get the X again. 
keep it. And we intend to do nothing less. We're going to stay at home for the week after that as well. We'll get the Ducks. That may prove to be the most competitive conference game we have this season. It's still a little early to tell, but I think a lot of people have that one circled. December 5th, week 5, we're hosting the Ducks. Yeah, this game is going to be interesting. Um, Oregon is still thought of very highly. And I don't know, um, with a lot of guys sitting out, I think the most in the conference, uh, losing Herbert, obviously, is going to mean a lot on the offensive side of the ball. But we'll see how deep they are compared to the rest of the Pac-12. I think uh, it sounds like they still have quite a bit of talent everywhere on the roster. Yeah, I really don't want to underestimate anything Oregon does, even in a more quiet term for them or a quiet epic that they seem to have entered yeah i just really can't rule anything out about that i do think that'll be a pretty monumental game when it does come around in early december week after that we'll have week six we have to travel way out to eastern washington washington state into the tundra that is pullman december 12th we got the cougars yeah that is going to be a tender green this game when i when the schedule came out this was a game that kind of scared me as a game we should win but we could lose um going up to that area in december a game could be completely snowing 20 degrees 30 degrees it's a tough game and it's the hardest uh travel game of the week as well for pullman so this will be interesting we just gotta make sure we're ready to play sure i definitely think there is the potential for all the ingredients to wreck an offensive game plan going up there you know all about that you have the experience traveling up that way and playing ball yeah definitely something we can't take lightly getting up to that week after that is still to be decided that'll be the final week of the conference schedule Possibly we could be playing for the Pac-12 title at that point. So that would be December 18th and 19th, the weekend there. We'll let you know when we get there. But like we said, a lot to be excited for. I think this really could shape out well for Cal this season. And it, it, it looks like we're returning a very strong roster. So I'm ready to get going. Very ready to get going. Um, high expectations. And we'll see. It's going to be just such a unique year, even with the off season and not being able to practice as much as you'd like with the new offense coming in. Um, but defensively we've been strong. We should stay strong. So that should help. Yeah. And I think defense and football truly is the ultimate consistency, the ultimate consistency. I think that really has a good shot of carrying us through the season, which we hope to see while we're still on the pack, uh, the topic of the pack 12, <laughs> I did have a chance to re rewatch coach Mike Leach's video when he was at Washington state of him sort of going through all the different mascots in the pack 12 and seeing where they would match up in a physical fight. I'm sure you're familiar with this video. Oh yeah. Mike Leach is a character. That's for sure. Yeah. Just watching him and just kind of watching the gears <laughs> turn as he's dissecting the different matchups between anything between the Colorado Buffalo and the, the Utah U is just really interesting to see a guy like that. And then watching the answers he regurgitates out. He's a, a clever man. I'll give him that. Yeah. You can tell he's a smart guy and, he enjoys his rants, too. I think he likes hearing himself talk a little bit. But they're all entertaining, so I enjoy it. You know, I got that feeling a little bit, too. But on that topic, I thought it would be interesting if we went through the Pac-12 mascots and see where we thought one would best the other. Now, instead of kind of doing a free-for-all fight, how Mike Leach had it, just listing the mascots and saying where they would line up, I went ahead and put them in a little bit of a tournament style. So we'll go ahead and do the first round here and have all the schools match up against their geographical, geographical rival. So I'm going to go ahead and get you st started way up north. You got the Washington Huskies and the Washington State Cougars. Who's coming out, the Husky or the mm. Cougar? This is one of the tougher, I think, uh, matchups. But 
I'm gonna have to go with I think his name is Bruce, um, the Washington State Cougar. There you go, Call um, of the Wild. Yeah, I just think uh, that's gonna win in a fight. Probably. Yeah, well, but, well said. Well said. But, okay, so we get that one there. We said Washington State will move on. Okay, we'll move south a little bit to your home state, the Oregon Ducks or the Oregon State Beavers. The duck or the beaver? Who wins in a fight? It's the worst one. Um, I'm going to have to go in a fight. Beaver wins. But in terms of mascot, getting the rights to uh, Donald Duck for U of O was pretty big back then. So I'm going to have to go with Oregon on this one. Yeah, I always thought that was a pretty smooth move because I, I definitely noticed as like a significant time in my childhood where Donald Duck started appearing at the Oregon football games. And there's a difference between just having like a, a generic duck as your mascot, maybe even like more like the mighty duck. But there was that point where it, it just was exactly Donald Duck after a while. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know the backstory. I should know this growing up in Oregon, but I don't know the backstory of how they got the rights to Donald Duck. But I know there was a there's something there. Yeah, a little connection there. So but ultimately you're saying in a fight you're going with the beavers. Yes. All right, we'll go with the beavers there. In my and, high school is the beaver and beavers. So. There you go. Moving down into the Bay Area. Now, this uh, really is no matchup at all, but even for technicalities purposes, i got to ask it. The Golden Bear from California or the Stanford Cardinal, which I'm still really not sure if that's uh, one solid thing or just a tree. Or Well, you go ahead. You, you know, I'll let you give your answer. Yeah, no, Golden Bear for sure. I mean, I think the you know, Stanford Indians, the Cardinal, which they put the tree, but I think it's really the color, so I don't. Who knows? Golden Bear wins. Yeah, that's uh, really not a close one at all there. So we will advance Cal over Stanford. Love to hear that. And let's move into the south, the southern bracket. So the Colorado Buffaloes or the Utah Utes? And this actually could beg a lot of different things in here for a question. Is the Ute allowed weapons? What is the Ute allowed? But we'll hear it from you. The Buffalo or the Ute? I think you have to go with the Buffalo. It's just so cool. And that... I think Ralph like storming on the field is one of the cooler things in college football as well. And seeing a Buffalo up front um, once when I was in uh, Yellowstone and that thing was about the size of the minivan that was rented. It's a Buffalo for sure. Yeah. I have not had the pleasure of a physical encounter with the Buffalo, but I imagine it to be like very oh. awe inspiring to see something of nature, just that large right there. Oh, in the flesh. It was crazy. I, I, you, know, you know, they're going to be big, but then they're just like, walk by and they're taller like than the minivan and like just the same size you're like Oof. yeah and i was actually thinking of investing in a minivan lately but you know now i'm a little bit more scared of it a buffalo could take me out it, it just doesn't seem safe at the time but over the ute we'll give the buffalo the nod i think that's a pretty easy one there moving yep. into southern california the ucla bruin which is obviously just some variation of a bear really not sure why they call it that but the ucla bruin and the southern cal trojan you have to go. I'm going to have to go with the Trojan on this one. Trained soldiers. Um, and it's just a baby bear. Exactly like you said. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it doesn't come off as sharp as even just the word golden bear is more intimidating than Bruin. But it's not really up to me to decide how intimidating school's mascot should be. The Trojan's moving on in that one. We'll get to our final matchup of the night and of the first round. We'll have other rounds to come on subsequent shows. But... Down into the Grand Canyon State, we have the U of A Wildcats and the Arizona Arizona State Sun Devils. I mean, I guess you gotta go with the Sun Devil Sun Devil and that uh, trident that they just created. 
couple years ago. I think yeah, that's were. just it's just there's I'm sure a lot that goes into that. Um, not really big on scary movies, but the ones that always scared me the most that had to do anything with the devil. Not really messing around with that. I'm sure there's mythical powers that be there that are far beyond my comprehension. Probably gonna gonna have to give the Sun Devil the nod over the Wildcat. Yeah, yeah, I just think you have to. Who knows? Mythological, like you said. Yeah, you know, it's uh, far beyond us, but I think we'll <laughs> leave it at that. So, advancing out of that first round, and on next week's show we can get into the second round, but advancing are the Cougars, the Beavers, the Golden Bears, the Buffaloes, the Trojans, and the Sun Devils. And then let's see about some NCAA action we had going on this week. So I think probably the most watched game out of everyone here in the country last Saturday was probably number two Alabama protecting their home turf against number three Georgia. Yeah, Alabama, that's a good couple weeks for them playing Ole Miss the week before. Um, Ole Miss scored almost on command and kept up with them for a bit. But this week with Georgia, they played a, a much better defense and Alabama's offense looked just as good. So, uh, they've continued and almost look better than they did previous year to a, on offense. And that could make a big throw down the field. Georgia just ran out of gas. Uh, their quarterback made a couple mistakes and uh, they just couldn't stop Alabama. Yeah, it seemed Alabama was rolling far too efficiently at that point and once Alabama starts doing Alabama things it is tough to slow their roll yeah it's tough watching all these California kids playing on these East Coast <laughs> teams as well yeah you know, with <laughs> Najee um watching him in Bama and you're like oh man I wish you would have first gone to Cal but you know right. stayed on the West Coast or... yeah he's East Bay guy too so it would be nice yeah. to get some of that homegrown talent because we know it's there in the East Bay but uh perhaps in future years Cal will not that they don't do a good job already, but yeah. know, there's, there's always somebody else there. There's always somebody you could potentially miss. Yeah, this year's looking better than, uh, I'd say, the best year Bay Area uh, recruits so far in like 10 years probably, though. They've got some lot of big recruits. Looks good. Absolutely something we will follow this season. Another interesting game, as I'm sure many people also saw, it, number one, Clemson. They amassed 73 points and nearly 700 total yards all over Georgia Tech. Yeah, I mean, that's impressive. I don't think Georgia Tech's that bad of a team. And they just made them look like they were playing like a D3 school. Uh, I think Clemson looks like the best team in the country by far so far. Their defense looks a step above everybody else, and their offense is rolling. So they're – them and Alabama look like they're probably going to be in the national championship so far and uh, be an entertaining game. But I think Clemson's just better defensively. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty fair assessment. Pretty good bet to go for the national title, at least for something to outlook this early on in the season. Clemson really does look like they're playing NFL junior. They just they seem to be so good at every facet of the game. It's really tough to argue that. Because like I said, I, I didn't think Georgia Tech was a particularly weak team coming into this game. But, right, it looked like uh, varsity going up against Frosch. And Clemson made their statement loud and clear. Trevor Lawrence playing as good as ever. And it's funny because he's also been subject to a lot of rumors as – players are who excel in college for so long when they know there's a terrible team waiting for them in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. I think you accept it and take on the challenge. Um, I think so too. You just hope you're going into like a, the correct organization. I think some organizations aren't ran as well. Like being on the jets right now, would just like, is a you know, you're going to like, all right, I'm going to fix them. But it just seems like they have some internal issues. Yeah, definitely something to look out for there. 
because I'm sure that is a storyline that won't go away anytime soon, but too much to be yeah. determined between then and now. Particular yeah, matchup. Go ahead. Backs, uh, I think it's ETN, their running back. But mm, yes, yeah. One of the best running backs in college football history at the end of it. I think he's second in yardage now. So that'll yeah, be something like, to watch as well. Yeah, definitely a guy too who looks like his talent will be able to make the jump to the next level. Yeah, definitely an entertaining player to say the least. So also starting this week, we'll have the Big Ten. You know, something we're all extremely excited for. A lot of very big name schools get to get back in action this week. Yeah, um, I think we've got the what is the big game of the week? Uh, Michigan and Minnesota. Yeah, I think that one looked good. I think Michigan going to Minnesota, number 18 going to number 21. And then uh, Nebraska at Ohio State. So I see, yeah, those are the big ones. And this is exciting more football. Um, I think something everybody always watches the Big Ten growing up. They used to be kind of, they played in the morning and then the Pac 10 played after them. And just good to have that football back and it's going to already be that late fall so colder weather football is starting uh starting up again it's uh it's exciting yeah definitely amazing for the ncaa to get the pac-10 going again so many iconic universities in the division so many iconic players coming out of there really really good for football once that gets rolling actually a game outside of the big 10 for this week i had on my docket was actually number nine cincinnati going to number 16 Southern Methodist and they had Southern Methodist laying two and a half points so I think that one will be really good to see it'll come on six o'clock Pacific time on Saturday on ESPN2 so check that one out yeah that'll be a fun game um we'll see uh SMU SMU looks all the defense is playing better than they have in previous years as well and uh Cincinnati's is always a good football game it's gonna be a really good game yeah, definitely. I see uh, SMU is trying to return to the glory days of the Pony Express. The program, also another one, really building momentum. And I saw they actually got a slippery slippery win last week over Tulane. Looks like they got an overtime thriller there. So, yeah, should be an exciting game. Yeah, Tulane's a lot better. I mean, you know, I remember watching Tulane in previous years. It's that random Thursday game. And sure. Team, but they looked like a good football team. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely one I got listed on my docket. As we said, with the Big Ten going, it's going to be a very busy weekend in um, the sporting world, and it'll be one probably a little bit more focused solely on football. I know the NBA Finals and that whole bubble experiment is finally out of the way. What, what were your, some of your thoughts about the bubble experiment and the way the finals played out with the Heat and Lakers, um, ultimately the Lakers winning it all? Yeah, the bubble experiment was a great success. I mean, they didn't have any issues at all, COVID-related. Um competition got up in the playoffs well after my blazers lost i lost a little bit of interest um but i thought they did as good as a job as they could and then the finals review um lebron and ad is just too much power for a team those guys are incredible yeah just two really really well rounded basketball players that don't really have any weaknesses in their game when you get two of those guys on the same court at the same time people have to pick their poison and then as well, just how good defensively the Lakers were. They're truly smothering. Want to give the hats off, of course, to the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler. Just the way they persevered through that finals when everyone had almost counted them out at halftime of game one. So definitely some impressive performances on the other side of the ball. And even for Eric Spolstra to get the Heat back to that level after so much what he went through with Wade and James and Bosch and that whole era. Definitely a hats yeah. off to the Heat. Yeah, I mean, I think 
what, 95% of the country was probably rooting for the Heat. They ended up being a really good, like, well-coached basketball team. And I think that was fun to see. Spolstra actually grew up in the same uh, area that I did as well. So it's fun to see him have success. And also, like you said, coaching those guys. And I know the Heat have people from all over as well, but I'm kind of an old school 80s guy where it's stick with one team and, um, you know, win with them. And, I mean, LeBron's incredible, but like you just you just hope to root for that, you know. And like Lillard with the Blazers, I'm one of those guys being like, make it through with one team. Right, man. So, I'm a I'm a big Lillard team. fan myself. He's an East Bay guy from Oakland. Actually, he went to it was before I was in high school, but he went to my high school before I got there for his freshman year only. And then I think he wound up going to St. Joe's in Alameda, and then to Oakland High School, and then ultimately to Weber State and then to NBA superstardom with the Portland Trailblazers. So really cool story. Always root for Dame Lillard. He's just one of those guys with ice in his veins. Yeah, yeah. He was fun in the, in the bubble. Some of those games where he went up like 50 for like four games in a row. That was fun to watch. Yeah, one of those guys who, like Curry and like Thompson, can just reach that level of unconscious to where no matter where you are, if you're getting to your spot on the floor, it's going in, whether it's from 10 feet or from 40 feet. Yeah. Ah, it's too bad he didn't go to Cal. And yeah. obviously, I think he's a kid that, that worked to get as good as he is and still does. Sure, yeah, truly a guy who's got a undeniable work ethic and coupled that with his talent, it's really no surprise, even though to many it was a surprise that he's at the level he is now. Yeah. So let's see. Obviously, the World Series is going on. Have you been able to catch uh, any baseball action, any of Game 1 or Game 2? I have. I watched, you know, just a little bit of MLB at playoffs every now and then. And the Rays have got to be the team everybody's rooting for. The Dodgers are the old 90s Yankees. And uh, it's just uh, the Rays are the Super Rays. Again, they've taken Moneyball to a whole new level. So it's uh, it's fun to watch. And they've always been a great organization in terms of they're kind of like the A's where they're always good. Yeah, you gotta got to love kind of the local market structure that they use. And, yeah, you admire the the small ball in a way, the money ball, and kind of building off that idea. It's the true David and Goliath matchup. I have issues going way far back. I can't root for the Dodgers. Can't do it. It's not in me. So I haven't been watching much of the World Series either. I did see the game or the series is tied up at a game apiece. So you at least love to see a competitive World Series. I think Dodger fans are already counting on the title since they won that first game. But, yeah, the Rays are no slouch. They pitch really well, and they got a lot of high IQ baseball guys. So, I think we could get a pretty pretty competitive World Series here after all. I think so. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch like yeah. a full game. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. It's I mean, I'm a, I'm a baseball guy, as I am a yeah. football guy. I've played baseball since oh, maybe four or five years old, but it, it, it really takes discipline to sit and watch a nine-inning baseball game on TV. Yep. Especially <laughs> one where a, a dominant pitcher is outing, because although there's beautiful art in pitching as well, it's, you know, can make the common fan less interested when hitting is at a lull. Yeah. But, you know, moving through this show, this is a football show, so we should end on some NFL talk. I think that would be most appropriate. We haven't really talked about much of the NFL action last week. So let's start there with the San Francisco 49ers. And a week after, it looked like they may be the bottom team, even maybe worse than the New York Jets. They bounced back big against division rival Los Angeles Rams. They look pretty good. They did. Um, 
I think you just saw their defense come back again and play a better game. And their offense was like they were last year where they're just solid, not making mistakes, moving the ball down the field, getting three points, getting touchdowns. And they look good. So they're definitely uh, back and hopefully they can keep it up and keep in contention because the NFC West is going to be fun. Yeah, I, I've said from the beginning, I think that's the most competitive division in football right now. I think we're going to get a really good run to the end there because we've obviously seen the Cardinals are legit. The Rams can definitely play ball, and the Seahawks may be the top team in the NFL right now. Still yet to be seen a little bit more, but definitely some good things we saw with the Niners. Quarterback position looked a lot better. Jimmy looked much more comfortable than he did last week, and it's good to see Debo Samuel being implemented again too, whether running the ball on kind of those, I guess they're technically passes on those shotgun snaps and then like a touch pass to the guy on the jet sweep coming through. Yeah, it's uh, good to see them use Debo in California watch. The Las Vegas Raiders. They had a bye week, but they're coming off maybe their biggest win in the second coming of Gruden. The biggest win since Gruden's come back, I think. Definitely. Um, and they looked like uh, they're struggling a little bit early, and then they just looked like the better football team that whole half. So that was impressive football. I hope that they can keep it up. Yeah, it was a little bit of a slow start. I think many people saw that Derek Carr would have a rough day that day just by the way the offense looked to begin the game. But maybe by, what, the third or fourth drive, they were just putting up consecutive touchdowns. And surprisingly, the defense was backing them up on their end because obviously you have Mahomes and that receiving core is, I'm sure, the most difficult in the NFL to deal with right now. Yeah. But the Raiders yeah, secondary yeah, stepped up. So. It was a, kind of a shootout in the second quarter, and yeah, I think it was tied at halftime, and then their defense definitely played it just a hell of a game i think they gave up one touchdown in the second half and doing that to the chiefs when they're trying to score is not easy yeah and i saw i really didn't even know he was on the roster uh veteran safety jeff heath come away with the first interception of patrick mahomes on the season this year so it's got to be one to feel yeah, good yeah. about I, I still find it crazy that i know it's october now but mahomes still has not thrown a touchdown in september in his career that is what you would call in the zone i guess yeah yeah, sorry about that, by the way. You can... No, no, you're all good there. Um, let's, so, for the Raiders, I think it sets them up for a very exciting matchup. They have Sunday night football from Sin City in their new football palace. John Gruden and the Raiders will await Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And I want to say, is this the first time that Brady and Gruden have squared off since the snow game, the tuck game? Ooh. Or maybe they've seen each other since then. I don't know. That's a... That's I don't a think good, he, I think that's a good yeah. yeah, Gruden would have been gone to the NFC pretty shortly after that. Yeah. And I don't think they ever wound up playing the Patriots while he was the head coach of the Bucks. So I, I have a feeling this might be their first time going toe to toe since yeah, then. Yeah, I think you're right. That's a that's that's a cool little storyline going in this week and uh the Bucks kinda jump back too with that big one over the Packers. So that's gonna definitely I think it is a Sunday night game. That's gonna be a fun game. Yeah, just speaking about the way the Buccaneers handled the Packers because I was someone who had a bad beat there. I did have maybe a little bit of money riding with Green Bay. You know, I don't ever like to bet against my guy Aaron Rodgers, but he truly had an off game, and Brady looked really good in the Buccaneers system. So, yeah, that was a that was definitely a shocker to me, but can't really count out Tampa Bay with the weapons they have, and, you know, Brady is Brady, so. Yeah, you always get reminded of that. He'll have a poor game, and he comes back, and you're like, ugh. Jeez, like he's still good. Um, and the Bucks had a great game plan. Um, you know, you don't see Aaron uncomfortable very often, but he's uncomfortable uh, this week. And uh, I think the Bucks statistically have the number one defense in the NFL or something like that. So 
um, you know they're going to be in every single game if their defense keeps it up. Yeah, a lot of guys who get after the quarterback on the Tampa Bay side. Pretty tenacious pass rush there. And just, yeah, all around their defense is solid. So I think, um, yeah, the Buccaneers are definitely legit for anyone who was doubting or for all the people who maybe do it just to be obnoxious, who doubt Brady and think that he was just kind of a system guy in New England. New England I think um, they're only going to get better in Tampa Bay. So. Yeah, I agree. That is a, something that will start rolling. Really not the best day for our pro bears in the NFL this week. As we just mentioned, Rodgers certainly had an off game. Uh, Jared Goff didn't have a terrible game against the 49ers, but also didn't play particularly well. We had uh, Mitch Schwartz go down an injury in the Chiefs game against the Bills. So not the best week for our pro bears this week. Yeah, and then Keenan went down that Monday night game as well. Ah, um, yes. And of course. And then I think Tyson Otawalu had a good game. And obviously there's more Cow Bears that had good games as well. But um yeah, this is this would be the poorest week so far. I did see of the Pro Bears uh center, Alex Mack and the Atlanta Falcons, they got a win. Alex Mack was on all eighty offensive snaps. The the team put up forty points and four hundred and sixty two total yards. Wanna give at least him a shout out. Uh Brian Anger, the punter for Houston, mm-hmm. four punts, total of two hundred and nine yards. 52.3 average on his punts and even got one to sit inside the 20. And then as well, wide receiver for Philadelphia. No, not Deshaun Jackson. Richard Rodgers, three catches, 31 yards, and even had a tackle on the other side. Oh, there we go. Special yeah, teams. that's good to hear. And then uh, Anger was such a good punter in college. I remember his first day just being like, holy crap, that guy's going to start. And uh, also a good hooper, too. He's a good basketball player. Uh, well-rounded yeah. athlete. Said we love him. We love having him at Cal, and you know, like uh, Tony Gonzalez, maybe well-rounded like that. Yeah, and he wasn't that good, but um, <laughs> he was. Uh, <laughs> but you know, when you play the pickup games and things like that, he always surprised me. He was really good. You know what's kind of funny is that it's like easier to find Tony Gonzalez basketball college highlights than it is Tony Gonzalez football college highlights. Yeah, that that's kind of like the uh, where Cal like was just solid they had those good years in the early 90s and then they became solid but i think there was just like some movement in the history of the pac-10 that's when oregon started becoming like a more solid program sure um, there's just changes and i think cal was kind of like a little afterthought in football and then they went to the tournament i believe with him as well and that was kind of like the right after jason kidd so it was kind of like a switch of football and hoops yeah it's cool to to kind of see these different eras that cal has gone through and in their sports and even as well in like baseball there's still plenty of players that cal supplies to major league baseball plenty of guys that make big names for themselves um i was really rooting for the a's through the mlb playoffs and especially marcus Mm -hmm. simeon hashtag pro bear he seemed to be having a really good series um was it the last one against houston before they got eliminated it did not go the a's favor and even simeon started to get a couple mishaps in the field but yeah, really tough to see the A's go out because I, I know how badly all those guys wanted to beat the Astros, especially with everything that went down in the offseason. Kind of really feel for those guys. But the Astros ended up getting eliminated anyway, so I guess the point is moot. Yeah, yeah, that was a close series in Simeon, man. Uh, he was very, very good at Cal, but I never thought he was going to be you know, one of the top five like players at his position in the league. He's incredible, so. Yeah, it's been fun to watch him improve as to when he first got to the Oakland A's because he was always a guy who 
was you know he was going to play just because he had a lot of pop in the bat when you would watch him take BP just just really loud swings and so you knew that would for sure at least keep him around long enough to get a shot but it was those those first few years he just had a lot of errors at short mm-hmm. and I want to give him his due respect he has really gotten much better he's much more sure-handed infielder now and I think he even snagged a gold glove maybe was it last year but for him to come from being one of the more poor fielding shortstops to make that improvement is a Definitely something you want to commend. Yeah, definitely. So I think, again, man, we have so much to be excited for going forward. Um, here we are. It is only October 21st. It's about we have this weekend and then next weekend of no Pac-12 football. But then we're coming back, and everything that we've talked about previously won't matter anymore, and we'll get to look toward the future and kind of just take it week by week. And uh, hope for the best this golden bear season yeah absolutely we've got exciting times and we should have some good stories of uh fall camp updates with positions and new players and uh, a little shake up probably at a few positions so it'll be uh i mean football like for me finally feels here and i couldn't be more excited yeah i think we are definitely in the dog days of football season now we can officially say the weather is starting to change it finally doesn't feel like summer anymore in california the leaves are falling it feels like time for football truly i think that's a place you and i can say we feel at home so yeah let's let's make it happen we'll have all good things going forward go bears as usual bears and kevin and i will see you next week we'll be coming to you weekly after our previous furlough there but be sure to subscribe and everyone you have a good evening on the other side and stay cool believe in cal football is brought to you by the believe podcast network the number one sports podcast network in northern california and is available on all major platforms itunes spotify stitcher TuneIn, you name it believe in cal football is also brought to you by os day bar cafe and rooftop located downtown oakland and the ql gaming group check out their betting boards at betql.co Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.